hey, y'all, thank you so much for tuning into this message. We hope that it speaks to your life. And if you have questions, please contact us. You can contact us on the website at thousandhillsranchchurch.com or thousandhillsranchchurch at yahoo.com. And then you can also call us at 580-216-6427. And may God use this message to change your life. Well, today... Today I want to talk about uh, uh, something that, um, it, it's probably been one of the hardest messages that I've ever had to prepare, um, and, 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 I, and I don't know why, but it just has been, and here's how I want to explain it. I want to tell you a story. Um, last fall, I went to uh, Kansas with a, with a couple guys, Caleb and Josh Nine, I don't know if you guys know them, from, from Slap Out, the Rafter, or the Flying Rafter Nine Ranch is the name of the ranch. Great guys. Uh, we went up to Hutchison, Kansas, and uh, they had some uh, cornstalk circles up there that they were running some calves on, and, or some yearlings on. And so we went up there. Uh, it was a beautiful day. I don't know. If, do we have pictures? Yeah, show some of those pictures. This was the, that morning that we went up to Hutchison, Kansas, uh, unloading all the stuff. Um, keep showing. There's another picture, I think, there. Uh, there's, there's a few of the guys there that we're getting unloaded. We're going to chase a few of these yearlings. This is actually Caleb. Uh, a couple of these uh, calves actually got out of the corral, and so here he is chasing, and he did miss. <laughs> you can tell him I said that. But anyways, um, we were up there, and we were, um, we were having a great time, and, um, and, and here's the thing. We let out a bunch of yearlings. I don't remember where they came from. I think they, they came from uh, Montana or something. But we let out all these yearlings, and we noticed that a few of them were sick, Right? Now, if you've ever worked on a ranch and you know that, you know, sometimes you've got to doctor calves, you've got to doctor yearlings. Well, Caleb said, hey, Bo, um, why don't you sort that one off, that sick one off, and why don't you, you know, rope it and we'll doctor that calf. And so that's what I did. And I, I, we sorted this calf off. And before I took off, he said something to me that I'll never forget. Here's what he said. He said, Bo, don't run him too far because he's sick. Don't run him too far because he's sick. Now, here's what that meant to me. Here, here's the thing. That calf was sick. And if I was to run that calf a half a mile, like I ended up doing because I'm not a very good roper, <laughs> see, I'm telling on myself as well. So he could have told me what he wanted to, but I was still going to chase the calf a half a mile. So it didn't really work. But anyways, it, 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 here's the thing. If you are going after a calf, it's better to usually catch that calf as quick and as soon as you can. In other words, you want to get to that calf, you want to rope it so that you don't put stress on that calf. Now, here's the thing. It, it, there are a few things that I noticed when, when learning about doctoring calves. Number one, or the first thing that I noticed was this. A good cowboy doesn't run the calf too far. That's what a good cowboy does. I'm not there yet, um, but sometimes I get it done. Sometimes, not all the time. Anybody with me? Can I, can I get some help here? Yeah, you chase them far too. Anybody? Thank you. Thank you. One honest person. I know I can count on some honest people in here. Everybody else is a bunch of liars. Um, but one thing I've learned is a good cowboy doesn't run that calf too far. He catches them quick and puts the least amount of stress on the calf as he can. Number two is this. Even though the cowboy is trying to help the calf, here's what always happens. The calf runs. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't, I mean, as soon as you take off, that calf is going to run, whether it's sick, whether it's healthy, whatever, it is going to run every time. And here's the third thing. A cowboy's medication tends to help the calf live 
a life that's longer. Those are the three things that I've learned. Now, spiritually speaking, here's how I want to apply this. The cowboy in this story, the cowboy that I just told you about, he represents Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ wants to mend us. He wants to heal us from our sin-sick lives And he wants to do it with as least amount of stress as he can. The calf represents me and you. Sin sick, you know, we've sinned, we've done all this stuff, and Jesus Christ wants to heal us from our sickness. Well, here's the thing. Out of this experience, out of this story, and out of that morning, God revealed two great characteristics about himself. And here they are. You ready for this? He revealed his mercy and his grace. His mercy and His grace. I don't know about you, but if you've ever tried to define grace or mercy, it's hard. I mean, if I was to look at you and say, hey, well, how would you define mercy? You probably would be like, uh, uh, uh. How would you define grace? You would probably be like, uh, I, I, I don't know. Well, here's, how, here's the definition that I've come up with. You ready for this? Grace is this, and you can write this down. Grace is getting, listen. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. You get it? If I get forgiveness, if I get acceptance, I get what I don't deserve. Mercy is this. You don't get what you do deserve. Do you see the difference? In grace, I'm getting what I don't deserve. In mercy, I'm, getting what I, or I'm not getting what I do deserve. And so there's the difference. I mean, mercy and grace, sometimes we mix them up, but there is a difference there. And with this in mind, I want us to, I want us to look at, at three points that I want to make out of this. All right, you ready for this? Number one is this. Everyone runs. Everyone runs. Now you say, well, what, what do you mean by that? Just like that calf runs, every time that cowboy goes after him, guess what? We all run. When Jesus pursues us, when Jesus shows us what to do through his word, guess what we do a lot of times? We run. We do our own thing. We sin. And look at, look at Romans chapter 5, verse 12. It says, when Adam sinned, and Adam, again, was the first male human being that God created, he's in the garden and he sinned. He was tempted and he sinned. Listen to it. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone for everyone sinned. You see it? We all run. We all sin. Romans, 10, Romans 3.10 says this, as it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23, if you haven't got it yet, listen, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us have sinned. Now, again, some people have a problem with this. They're like, oh, no, I, I mean, I, I I may not sin. I haven't done that. Or I haven't done this. No, listen. If, if, here, here's, I, want, I want you to listen to this question. If I was to ask an unbeliever, someone that doesn't know Jesus Christ, what's the hardest thing for you to swallow about Christianity, what do you think the answer would be? Don't answer it out loud. Just think about it. If I was to ask a lost person, someone that doesn't love Jesus, what is the hardest thing for you to swallow about Christianity? What do you think the answer would be? Here's the answer that I think it would be. They don't believe that they're really that bad. You ever thought about it? I mean, you look at people, <clears throat> I hear people all the time, <clears throat> because I'm a preacher and they want to confess their sins to me like I'm a priest. <laughs> 
but I'm not, even though I've been accused of being a Catholic priest. I, I don't know where they got that at, but um, anyways, um, <laughs> here's the thing. I, when I talk to people all the time, they're like, Bo, I'm, not, I'm really not that bad. I mean, I, I don't commit those bad sins. I mean, I, haven't, I don't beat my wife. I mean, really, I, I'm not, I don't do all those bad things. I'm a good person. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not that bad. And you say, well, but where do they get that at? Where do they get this idea that they're not bad? They get it from our culture. Have you thought about it? I mean, you watch media, you watch TV, you watch all these things on TV, and guess what? They downplay sin. They belittle the Bible. Um, they make sin look pretty uh, attractive and like it's okay, right? They, 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 they have um, glorified sin, and instead of it being repulsive, it's something that you want to go after, right? Now, here's the thing. The media has desensitized us to that. Have you noticed that? I mean, the things that used to repel us 10 years ago don't repel us anymore. Um, but here's the thing. A lot of people don't think they're that bad because the culture says that they're not bad. The other reason you don't th- you, they don't think they're that bad is this. Religion says that they're not that bad. If you've ever um, <clears throat> heard some other religions talk, they say that, here's what they say. You're a good person. All you got to do is be a good person and God will love you because God loves good people. That's what they teach them. And so people go throughout their lives wanting to be a good person so that they can be loved by God. And, and, and if you have less sins in the sin column and more good moral acts in the moral act column, then you will get to heaven. But it's all about being a good person. Listen, that's such a lie. Listen, can I just tell you from experience myself, I'm not a good person. You can say amen. <clears throat> I'm not a good person. Listen, when I have three kids, guess what they're naturally going to be able to do? Let's, guess what they naturally do? Not get on my nerves, <laughs> but they naturally sin. So for someone to say, hey, Bo, we're all good people. I mean, I'll just be a good person and I'll get to heaven. No, listen, we're all naturally born sinners. And, 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 and it's, it's so amazing to me that people think that they're good people because nobody is. The preacher's not, nobody is. Apart from Jesus, listen to this. We are all evil. We are all impure. We are all unbelieving. We're wicked. We're rebellious. And we're on the devil's side. If you, if you don't know Jesus and you, you're not serving Jesus, guess whose side you're on? The devil's side. Listen to Matthew chapter 12, verse 30. It says, anyone who isn't with me opposes me. Jesus is talking here. And anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. And so the truth is, apart from Jesus, this is who we are. We're on the devil's side. And, and again, for a lot of people, this is hard to swallow. But here's the thing. I thank God, listen to this. I thank God that I don't have to be good enough to receive his love. Can I get an amen on that? Here's the truth. Here's what God says. Here's what his amazing grace says. His, his grace says this. You're not good enough, but I love you anyways. That's what his grace says, and that's what amazing grace says. And so here's the thing. If you were to ask me now that I'm a believer, now that I know Jesus, what's the hardest thing for me to swallow about Christianity? Guess what it would be? Grace. It's his grace. Grace. 
I mean, so many of us, we want to we remember our sin and our sorrow and all that stuff when really it's all about His grace. And it's so hard for me, knowing who I am, it's hard for me to comprehend that He accepts me even though I've sinned against Him. Think about that calf. When that calf, that, that cowboy shows mercy to that calf when that calf runs off. Even though the calf deserves to be ran a half a mile, he doesn't do it because he shows a mercy, catches him as quick as he can so that he can get the medication in him so that that calf can be better. Do you see the difference? That's what grace is. The cowboy shows that calf grace by giving the meds to him instead of saying, hey, to heck with you, you can die in your sickness and I'm not going to help you because you always run. I want to talk like that to a calf every now and then. Anybody with me? I mean, seriously, I want to just kick the snot. Oh, the preachers don't do that. Preachers, preachers don't kick calves. <laughs> I let everybody else kick them. Could you kick that calf for me, please? No, I'm just kidding. Um, well, here's the thing. God is the same way with us. Even though we don't deserve his mercy, even though we don't deserve his grace, guess what he does? He gives it to us anyways. And so the first thing that I want you to realize about God's grace and mercy is that everybody runs. No one is good enough. You're not good enough. I'm not good enough because we always run and we have sin. Number two is this. Jesus's grace, listen to this. Jesus's grace is no excuse to keep running. I want to explain this. Jesus's grace is no excuse to keep running. You know what happens when you uh, go out and you doctor that calf a second time? Do you know what happens every time you go out there? Guess what that calf's going to do? It's going to run harder. I mean, the, the, the moment that you get out there in that herd and, that, and you're out there and you're prowling through looking for that calf that was sick the day before, he's going to find you before you find him. His head's going to go up and he's going to run. You know why? Because he's an idiot. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. Because he's an idiot. Because here's the thing. When he got caught, guess what? The cowboy gave him some meds that made him feel better so that he can continue to run. But guess what he wants to do? He, want to run, he wants to run from the cowboy. And you say, well, what are, you, what are you trying to say? Listen, some people, they want to say this. Well, if God is gracious as, as you say he is, then I'm just going to go out and I'm going to sin all I want because he's going to catch me and he's going to give me the meds anyways. I've heard it. I mean, God's going to cover me. I can go out and do whatever I want. I can, I can do those drugs. I can, I can drink way too much. I can go out and do whatever the heck I want, and God will forgive me because he's gracious. Now, here's the truth. It's just not true. It's not true that, that, that you can go out and, and you can, you know, sin against God and really, truly know him personally. Let me explain that. Paul addresses this in Romans chapter 6. Look at it. In verses 1 and 2, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? You know what Paul is saying there? He's saying you are dead to sin's control. Don't live in your sin and be a slave to your sin anymore. Now here's the thing. Maybe this will help you, help you understand this. <clears throat> here's, what, here's what I want you to get. Um, 
And here's how I want you to look at grace. Many of you guys look at grace as an idea or a concept. It's an idea that God gave us. And here's what I want to clear up. Grace is a person. Grace is Jesus Christ. Now, let me explain this. I want to I point out my beautiful wife. I love pointing out my beautiful wife because it gets me brown. I mean, I, I brown nose and it gets me brownie points, right? I mean, it never hurts, right? Some of you guys need to get, get the clue, brown nose a little bit with your wife. Now, here's the thing. My wife is beautiful. She loves me. She shows me love. She serves me. She cooks me food. She takes care of the kids. She does all of those things. Now, here's the thing. I w- and let me, let me use this as an example, and this is a, a terrible thing to think about. But I would never think of cheating on her because here's why. I'm not married to a concept or an idea. I'm married to a person. I'm married to a person that loves me, that is faithful to me, that shows me love no matter what I do, um, and, and all that stuff. Listen, she shows me all that stuff. Why the heck would I want to cheat on her when she loves me that much? And here's the thing. It's the same way with Jesus. Why the heck, if you say you love Jesus, you say you want to serve Jesus, and, but you go out and you do all you want and you just come back and go, he'll forgive me. Here's the thing. I don't believe that maybe you have really met grace. I don't believe that you've really met Jesus because here's the thing. If you would truly in a relationship with him, you would never want to abuse his grace. It's just the way it is. And so, again, maybe you're looking at it as an idea or a concept rather than a person. Knowing that Jesus himself is grace should give us the same response that we should be faithful and loving to him. Now, here's point number three, and I'm done. The last thing that we can learn is this about grace. We should not run people too far. We shouldn't run people too far. Now, here's the thing. Because Jesus offers mercy and grace to everyone, even his enemies, guess what? We should do it too. We should do it too. When you think about Jesus, who do you think about? I think about Pilate. Who was Pilate? Pilate was the ruler that gave Jesus over to the people so that Jesus could be crucified. Guess what Jesus showed him? Grace. I think about Judas who betrayed Jesus. Guess what Jesus showed him? Grace. I think about Peter who denied him three times. Guess what Jesus showed him? He showed him grace. And, but here's the thing. So many times and in so many places, we want to create these religious hoops that everybody has to jump through before they can find Jesus' grace. And here's what we do. When people come to us and they say, hey, Bo, I, I want to I get right. Well, guess what we ask them to do? Start jumping. If you'll just jump through this hoop, if you'll just go like this and you'll just jump and you'll just keep jumping and you jump through all these religious hoops, you show some tears, you show some sorrow, you ask for forgiveness 100,000 times, then he'll show you his grace. And they just keep jumping. But here's the thing that happens. They jump and then they fall. And they sin and they go, I thought you said if I just jump that his grace will be on me. Here's the thing. And, and here's what we do when they fall. Guess what we say? Keep jumping. Get to, get to jumping again. You know what Jesus does? 
You know what he did for me? He says, you don't have to jump anymore. You don't have to jump through those hoops. I love you. I've died for you. Even when you were dead in your sin, I died for you. Stop jumping and just allow me to embrace you and forgive you. Listen, people, I mean, again, I think we do this in the church. And I I want it to stop. Galatians 6.1 says this. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person what? Say it again. Gently. Jesus has offered us his grace and we should offer it too. So here's my question for you today. Have you experienced God's mercy and grace or are you still running? Are you withholding mercy and grace from someone because you feel they should pay and have to run through those religious hoops and jump through them? Listen, I I believe that the world that we live in, they need to see that we're all sinners, that we've all ran, and we shouldn't abuse Jesus' grace, and that we should show them grace. That's what I believe he says to us today. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. Maybe you're here today, and you've never been caught by Jesus. He's chasing after you. He wants that relationship with you, but you've never stopped running so that he can save you and and heal you. Listen, I want to ask you today, why are you running? What is it that you think is better out there than than being in a relationship with Jesus? Here's what he asks you to do today. Stop running. Surrender your life. Stop running away from him and start running to him. You say, Bo, how do I do that? How do I know that I can have a relationship with Jesus? Listen, the Bible says that all that confess that he is Lord will be saved. You say, well, what's that mean, to confess? It means that you, you, in your heart, you say, okay, Lord, I confess you as my Lord. I know I'm a sinner. I know I've run from you, but I know that you can forgive me of my sin. And, you, and I desire for you to come into my life. Maybe you need to do that right now in your chair. You need to say, okay, God, I give you my life. I know that Jesus died on the cross, and I want him to forgive me of my sin, and I want him to come into my life and save me. Listen, you you don't have to run. He says, come unto me, all you who are weary, all you who are sick, all you who have dealt with sin, and that's everybody. He says, come to me, and I will show you mercy, and I will show you grace. And so maybe that's you. Maybe you need to do that today. Maybe you're on the other side. Maybe you're a Christian. Maybe you're, you've given your life to Christ, but you're living a way of life that is taking advantage of God's grace. I know he'll forgive me, so I'm just going to continue to live in this. I'm going to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to do whatever I want, say whatever I want, treat my wife however I want, whatever it is, I'm going to do it because he'll cover me and I'll make it to heaven. 
Some of you need to realize that, again, you're not married to a concept. You're not, you're not in a relationship with, with an idea. You are married. You are in a relationship with a person. Not just in this earth, but in heaven. Jesus is grace. And so maybe you're here today and you need to just repent. You need to say, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm going to stop living for myself and I'm going to start living for you. Listen, I encourage you to do that. Stop living a life that takes advantage of his grace. Here's what I'm going to do. If, you, if you're here today and you made a decision, I, I hope that you'll let us know about it. Again, fill out that orange sheet, place it in the offering bucket, and we will contact you. I want to close this in a word of prayer. Lord, we just uh, thank you for today. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you that you've shown me mercy, even though I'm a sinner. You've forgiven me. And Lord, maybe there's somebody here today that realized that for the first time. And today they gave their life to you. Lord, I praise you for that. And I thank you for that. And I pray that they would let us know so that we can celebrate and and come alongside of them and, and, and help them grow in their walk with you. And Lord, for those of us that are Christians already that may be taking advantage of your grace, I pray that we would repent of that today and that we would turn to you, not taking advantage of who you are. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Thank you for being here today. Again, we want to thank you for listening to this message. And if you have questions, please contact us. We would love to visit with you. Again, Thousand Hills Ranch Church at yahoo.com. Or you can contact us by phone, 580-216-6427. And may God bless the ride you're on.